We've been doing a series throughout September, and September's coming to an end, would you believe it? We're halfway between the middle of summer and the middle of winter, past the 21st of September. So this is the season when people gather things. I don't know whether you've been gathering things. Let me show you some things that I was gathering yesterday. I claim no, I claim no credit for uh, the growing of these things. All I did was Julia picked them and I put them into boxes and put them into buckets. But you know, this is a harvest time. This is a harvest time. If we were farmers, if we were, if we were fishermen, there'd be a time and a season when we'd be gathering stuff in. And as we gather stuff in, we'd celebrate that harvest. People would dance the harvest in. People would clap when the ship came in full of a load of fish. Um, at the end of picking cherries or picking strawberries or picking hops, whatever it is that's coming to the end of its season, there would be almost a celebration of saying, we've done it, we brought the harvest in. And here's the thing, it's not just about picking stuff. I mean, most of you know what an apple tree looks like. It has lots of apples hanging on it, and our tree's still got lots of apples hanging on it. I've still got more to pick. But you know what? What I find amazing is that tree was planted before we even moved into the house. So, you know, it's it's really, we didn't plant the seed here. The seed was planted long before we even moved into the house that we're in. Um, But, you know, the tree grew and it's fruitful. And we've had to have it trimmed to to make it more fruitful. It's kind of growing out of shape. But we got to a time in September where we said it's time to pick the apples. The birds were getting in and knocking a few off and a few were starting to drop. Now's the time. We can't say, oh, it's inconvenient. We can't say, oh, well, um, I, I, I'm free in August. I'll pick the apples in August. They'd have been horrible and tiny and small. We, could, we might say, well, oh, okay, I'm free in November. I'll pick them then. They'd probably all be on the ground and rotten by then. There is a time and a season for everything. And if there's a time and a season for everything, we can't delay the harvest. And I want you to understand that although I'm talking about picking apples, I'm also talking about the harvest. The harvest of souls, the harvest of lives, the harvest of lost ones. You know, other, some of us will never see the fruit of what we sow. Yeah. Whoever sowed this apple tree many, many years ago, I don't know how old it is, but it's old. You know, I don't know whether they ever got any apples off it. And some people would say, well, what's the point then? What's the point if we sow a seed and we don't get any fruit? Well, because we're sowing it for the next generation. As we head towards COP26 and all talking about uh, environment, lots of people are saying we need to plant more trees. And some people say, what's the point in planting a tree? I'll never see it fully grown. Well, that's because we've got to look. We've got to be good stewards of what God's given us and sow seeds. And maybe some of the sowed seeds that you sow, others will harvest. But there will be a harvest. There will be a harvest. That's the whole definition of seed. You plant it in the ground, it sprouts, it turns into a tree, and it bears other fruit. And that's the nice thing about every one of those apples. Every one of those apples contains more seed. And if we just left it and left them to rot on the ground, we'd have lots, eventually, we'd have lots of mini apple trees in the garden. You can't stop seed doing it. Well, actually, no, you can. You could freeze it. but if it's out in the, in the natural environment, you cannot stop seed doing what it's designed to do. 
So some of us maybe are a little... Well, here's, here's an encouragement. If, you, if you're not investing for the next generation, you could sow for now. Here's some tomatoes we picked yesterday. And they're from seeds that we sowed this year. God is a God of fruitfulness. And we can partake in that, or we can ignore it. But you know what? Just think about... Some of you will know that I work in the space of supply chain. And Judy said to me this morning as the news came on, oh, supply chain's everywhere. <laughs> yes. And with, with deliveries. And what happened when we, we kind of, oh, there's a shortage on petrol. Everybody started queuing up and suddenly we're running out of petrol. You know, actually, most people, on average, if you look out in the street, at the average is most cars are half full of petrol. So actually... Most people went and filled up just in case. They didn't really need it. But here's the thing. I want to say, let's sow not just for the long term, but let's sow for the short term too. And please don't just think this is about gardening, because I'm not a gardener. I'm not a gardener at all. But what is the fruit of what you do? Think about what it is that you do. If you're a teacher, part of the fruit of what you do is a child going, I get it now. Part of the fruit of being a nurse is to see someone walking out of a hospital whole and well again with a smile on their face. Part of the fruit of uh, working in administration is seeing things completed and paperwork done. Part of the fruit of lorry drivers is petrol arrives at petrol stations and food arrives in stores. And here's the thing, you can very clearly see we've just got one, one type of person who's disappeared who's, who we haven't got enough of at the moment, lorry drivers... And suddenly the world's coming to a standstill. The world needs people. The world needs us to do what we've been called to do. And so whatever your gift is, whatever your talent is, whatever your job is, let me encourage you to be fruitful in it. So I'd just like you to think about what you do right now. And, and for those who aren't in paid employment, right, think about what you do to volunteer. Think about how you serve others. There is still fruit in that. Seeing someone, um, and, and there's fruit in the life of the church too. Amen. Just see as we sit and talk with people, somebody says, do you know what, I, I'm really, thank you for listening to me. I've now got a better understanding. Or thank you for praying for me. God answered my prayers. Let me just share a little testimony. I'll, I'll keep it. On Tuesday in our daytime Bible study, I was a little late. I, I was on a previous call. And when I got into the call, there was... Four faces on the screen looking at me, and they were all laughing. I, I, I kind of wonder what was going on. They were all laughing on the screen. What's going on? And it's interesting, because our theme for the week was the DNA of joy. And I walked in, and they, they were all laughing. And there was a, a new person who joined us, and she said, I hope you don't mind if I join you. She said, welcome. And she explained something of her situation. And we prayed for her, and people prophesied into her life. And do you know what? She left the meeting. She ended the meeting with a smile on her face, with peace in her heart. She said, thank you. Thank you. So there's fruit in all things. There's fruit in all things. Think about the service that you do. Think about the service that you serve others with. It's important. And please don't think it's over once you've picked the harvest. There's more to come. There's more to come. So we haven't picked these yet because they're not quite ready. But, you know, there's still growing going on. There is still stuff going on. So let me start with a scripture. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. And as you might have gathered from my title, fruitfulness brings thankfulness. So when I'm talking about fruitfulness, I'm not just talking about the harvest. I'm talking about the fruitfulness of what we do in our lives. And what does that bring? Well, in 2 Corinthians 4.15, it says this. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching out more and more, people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Do you know what? Thanksgiving glorifies God. If you just go, thank you, it lifts people, but it also points them to the source. And if the source is the Father, then it points people back to God. And so fruitfulness brings thankfulness. And thankfulness points to God. What also does it do? It goes on to do... Uh, it also helps us to see God. In James chapter 1, verses 16 and 7. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift. So just, just creation points back to God. I, I, I look at the... I mean, there's still things flowering. We're heading towards autumn and there's still things flowering. And, and when you get into the detail and look at it, there's a little flower in our back garden. It's a tiny yellow flower. I should have taken a picture of this as well. But it's so tiny that you could miss it. But when you look at the intricate detail of this, it just points back to the glory of the Creator. It, it points back to He's created beautiful people. He's created beautiful things. And so let me encourage you to think about how beautiful God's creation is. And that includes you and me. We are beautiful people. We are beautiful people. You are a beautiful person. And it's amazing what God wants to do in our lives. And he wants to release beauty through us. Beauty isn't always about looks. Beauty can sometimes be a sense of his presence. Beauty can be a sense of his touch. I have had people who I've had the opportunity to pray with. They look in the mirror and they say, oh, I've got a bit of a skew-if nose. And all my eyes are a bit wonky. I said, but what does God see? Does he just see your eyes and your nose? He sees you. He sees your innards. He sees the way you are. He sees your heart. And that's a beautiful thing. And we, I don't think we see enough of people's hearts. If I'm really honest with you, I don't think we see enough. You, people would talk about wearing your heart on your sleeve, showing some of your feelings. You know, as we've been through lockdown, I think we've locked down and shut down a whole pile of things. And as we've locked down and shut down a whole pile of things, they're still locked away. You know, we're still trying to work out how to say hello now. Is it an elbow bump? Is it a high five? Is it okay to have a hug? We're still trying to work all those things out. But you know what? As we've locked down and shut down, some of the fruit of the lockdown and shutdown has been we've, we've isolated ourselves. We've kind of become smaller. And I sense that the Father says, become bigger. Open yourselves up to the world around you. Not expose yourself to risk, but take a step of faith. Connect with people and just see what will happen. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, it says this, give thanks sometimes. No. Oh, is that not what it says? No. Oh no, give thanks in all 
circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you know what? We're in the midst of a party. Sometimes we forget to give thanks. But I'll tell you what, we don't feel like giving thanks when it's not a good day. The title of our study on Tuesday was how to make a a bad day a great bad day. Now you might think, well, how can you make a bad day a great bad day? Well, it's certainly better than it was. It's certainly better than it was. And here's the thing. I've said this a number of times now, and forgive me if I repeat myself, but I've stopped saying... When people say, as Brits do, hi, how are you today? And they're really saying good morning. But they say, hi, how are you today? We often reply, well, not too bad. That's the first thing. Glass half full, glass half empty. And then the second phrase comes often, under the circumstances. You know what? I'm just not using that phrase anymore because I am not under my circumstances. And I want to encourage you, you are not under your circumstances. Now, you can, you can get a different perspective. I, I went into London for the first time um, since lockdown. I, went, I had to go to work. In, it was a, that was a bit of a strange experience. I wasn't staring at a screen. I was meeting real people. Um, and again, I didn't know whether to elbow bump or high five. I'd never met these people in reality before. But um, as I went into London, there was a few people sitting there. There was a guy sitting there with a dog that looked just like my dog. And so I, I kind of had a little bit of a chat with him. I had a few minutes and I sat down on the floor in the underground station next to him. And as I sat down there and I was just chatting to him, people were walking past and I realised all he could see was waists and below. He couldn't see any faces. Even when people stopped and put some money as he was asking for money, even when people stopped, he didn't see their faces, he saw their knees. His world was full of knees. Do you know what? One of the things before I left, I I said, would you just stand up? And we stood up together. And uh, a few more, because when he was sitting on the floor, his head was down and he he was just quiet. But as he stood up, a few more people looked him in the face and he looked them in the face. I just thought, you know, there's another world. Do you know what? We can give thanks in difficult times too. Sometimes all we need to do is stand up, wake up, step up, and get a different perspective. And when we stand up and step up and wake up, we get a different view. And when we get a different view, we see things differently. And when we see things differently, we can do things differently. And God can empower us. He can enable us to do more than we ask or imagine. There's me quoting scripture without even referencing it. We are able to do, God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So give thanks in all circumstances. And I'd love to encourage you to think about this. So next time you find yourself in a place where you say, Dave, I really don't feel like giving thanks right now. Find something to give thanks for. Find something to give thanks for. Let me give you an example, just a simple example. Maybe your your bank account's literally run out because maybe your paycheck hasn't gone in. Your paycheck, there's been a problem with your paycheck and it hasn't gone into your bank account. And you're thinking, I haven't got any money, what can I do? Well, you can still give thanks for the place that you live in. You can still give thanks that there's food in the fridge. You can still give thanks that you've got friends around you. And I could keep on going. I could keep on going. And do you know what? I think giving thanks, and I want to complete the loop here, fruitfulness brings us to thankfulness. Thankfulness brings us back to fruitfulness. Because when we're thankful, there is fruit. 
When, we, when you say thank you, and I've done this a number of times, um, imagine this. Walk through a door into a retail store. And sometimes somebody will hold a door open for you. And maybe sometimes you've held a door open for people. And I've stood there and I've held the door before now, and sometimes there's been five or six people, all heads down, busy, some with their earphones in. You know, nobody acknowledged me. That's okay. I was just holding a door. I was just a doorkeeper. Is there a phrase in the Bible I might be misquoting here? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the ungodly. Well, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'm happy to hold open a door. But you know, the moment that there was this moment somebody was coming through the door and I said, thank you. And they looked up and went, oh, thank you. And I don't know why I was saying thank you to them, but suddenly there was some contact. Do you know what? And then I saw them go in the store and somebody else stood aside and they said thank you to them as well. And so thankfulness brings fruitfulness. Thankfulness centers us on the will of God because give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. Whether we know it or not, he has a plan for each one of us. And as he has a plan for each one of us, he's going to see it fulfilled and there will be thankfulness in the midst of it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about some things. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious. You know, anxiety levels, I know they've been measuring them now over the last two years. Anxiety levels in our community have gone up. We've become very anxious about lots of things. That's, that's why, if I'm really honest with you, that's why we've got petrol, people queuing at petrol stations. They're going, what if I run out of petrol? Well, you'll have to do something different. Walk. Is that a bit radical? And, or tell your boss, I'm sorry, I can't come into work. The petrol tank's empty. Well, there's not much you can do about it if this petrol tank's empty. So, do not be anxious about anything. And here's the thing. Anxiety brings stress. What's a good way of bringing stress back down again? The peace of God. The peace of God. Let me give you an example, which I see, not, not yet at this time of year, but often where we live in Egham, there's a hill... And Royal Holloway's on the hill, and then we've got the, the, the River Plain, and we've got the M25. And on a quiet evening, on a quiet evening, you can often hear the M25. Because, you know, and here's the thing. If it's ever foggy, you can't hear the M25. Because the fog tends to wrap us in a blanket. You know, we can't see very far. We can't hear very far. And I just have the same picture when the peace of God falls like a fog upon us and comforts us and strengthens us and lets us know that we do not need to be anxious about anything. Thankfulness brings peace. Thankfulness brings peace. In Luke chapter 17, verse 17 to 19, we hear a story about some lepers. And Jesus asked, and this is where 10 lepers came and they asked to be healed. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Ten lepers were healed. Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Thankfulness draws us to God. You know, as we start to be thankful, thankful for fruit, thank you for, thankful for what's going on in our lives, thankful for what God enables us to do, it draws us back to him. And there's no greater place to be than closer to God. When you sense someone who's drifting from God, you want to say, now come, come with me. Let's walk together. Let, and I'd encourage you, give thanks. Give thanks for them. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for that lift. Let me encourage you to give thanks for things that you often overlook. Think about people who cook you meals. I'm sure there are people in the room who have meals cooked for them or they cook meals for others. But let me encourage you. Say thank you at the end of the meal. Thank you for cooking that. For the people who do the washing up, say thank you to the people who do washing up. For the people who hold the door open for you, thank you to the people who welcome us every Sunday. There's a smiling face on the front door. And somebody who says, welcome. Thank you. That's important. You're the first face sometimes people will meet. Thankfulness draws us closer to God. Let's not be like the other nine lepers. They were healed, but they never gave thanks. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 8. But godliness with contentment is useful. No, it's great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. As I said, it's so easy to look at what we haven't got. And you can always find someone who's got a bigger, faster car, who's got a bigger, better house, who's got a nicer meal on their table. I don't know whether you've ever sat in a restaurant and you've ordered something and it's not quite what you expected. And then you start looking around the restaurant, looking at other people. Oh, that looks nice. Oh, that looks nice. Well, you're not going to eat their dinner. Well, if you do, there might be a bit of a a disagreement. But you've got your dinner. Now, your dinner might be great and tasty, but you're looking around the room, looking at yours and going, oh, my portion's rather small. (laughs) Let me encourage you. Let's give thanks for what we've got and let's be content with what we've got because thankfulness will bring more fruitfulness in us. As we're thankful for the little we have, more will be released. Think about the stories in the Bible. 5,000 people sitting down to listen to Jesus. And he said, how are we going to feed this lot? And the disciples immediately went, well, Tesco's is a long way away. I don't know. And who's going to pay the Tesco's bill? You know, they were immediately thinking about... And Jesus said, go and find if anybody's got anything. They came back with... And it was almost apologetic. They came back and said, well, this small boy has five five loaves and two fish. As if to say, well, this isn't even enough to feed the disciples, let alone this crowd... And Jesus just takes it and blesses it and then says, go out and feed. But he gave thanks. In that moment, he gave thanks for the bread and the fish. And it was more than enough. There were 12 baskets left over. So thankfulness 
can bring contentment. But let's be content and thankful for who we are and what God has done in our lives. In Psalm 126, verses 1 to 3, it says this, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those that dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was amongst the nations. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Thankfulness leads us to joy. Thankfulness leads us to joy. How many times have you been a bit, uh, you know, not enjoying the day, not enjoying the week, things are tough, and then something happens and you go, thank you. And then something else and something else and something else and suddenly you're laughing about something. Some, suddenly you're dancing. Suddenly you're thinking, yes. Thankfulness will lead us to joy. And finally, in Psalm 105, verse 1, it says this, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known amongst the nations what he has done. And I'm not just talking about what Jesus has done for you. He went to the cross and he died and he paid the price for you and me. And that's something we live with as a daily reality, as a Christian. We believe that Jesus paid the price for our wrongdoing. He went to the cross, he died, that perfect son of God. But he rose again. And that's what we're thankful for. That's what we're excited about. He rose again and ascended to the Father's side. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful that Jesus was faithful. We thank you that he said, let it be your, whatever your will is. And then we're thankful that the Father raised him again from the dead. Mm-hmm. Thankfulness leads us to a testimony. Thankfulness leads us to a testimony. A story, something we can tell other people. Look what God did for me today. Do you know what? I think we're very forgetful. If I said to you, if I, if, no, if I asked you right now to sit down and write down five things that God has done for you in the last month, mm. we'd be going, oh, um, um, uh, but do you know what? There's lots of little things. He kept you safe. He kept you well. He introduced you to some people. He brought you peace. He helped you sleep. He gave you health when you were, he brought back strength when you were tired. And I could keep on going on and on and on. So let me just kind of summarize some of the things that I've shared. Thankfulness, fruit, notice the title at the beginning was Fruitfulness Brings Us to Thankfulness. And I've got the name at the end saying thankfulness brings us back to fruitfulness. It's a perfect circle. We give thanks, and as we give thanks, there is fruit. And as there is fruit, we've got more to give thanks for. We've got a, this is where I show you the limitations of my gardening skills and capabilities. We have a buddleia in our garden. It's known as the butter, butterfly plant because it attracts butterflies. And I was listening to Gardener's Question Time as I was driving to take my dog for a walk. And I remember them saying, when the, bud, when the flowers on the buddleia, the beautiful white and purple flowers on the buddleia, when they've gone brown, chop them off because that will mean that the plant has more energy to bring more flowers. I think they call it deadheading. I think that's the right thing. And I did it. I checked with Julia first. That was the right thing to do. And do you know what? There were some more flowers. It's still flowering. The buddleia is still flowering. There's still a few butterflies around. Thankfulness brings us to a testimony. And thankfulness brings us to fruitfulness. So some of the things that I shared with you this morning are thankfulness will bring us to to peace. Thankfulness draws us to God. Thankfulness leads us to joy. 
And thankfulness gives us a testimony. Let me encourage you. Whatever it is that you do, I'm going to speak a word over you today to be more fruitful. I'm going to pray in a moment. And I'm going to pray that every one of us this week is more fruitful in what we do. And some of that will be about us. It will not be about God. It will not be about our resources. It will just be our intention of what we do with what we have. And that might just need just being thankful. Being thankful. Next time you sit down at your desk at work, or, or if you're a student, when you're sitting down to do a bit of studying, or sit and get onto a Zoom meeting, if you're sitting down to do something to serve somebody, whatever it is, just in that moment, give thanks. Thanks. If you want to do it out loud, by all means. If you want to do it quietly, that's okay too. But give thanks and just see what fruitfulness will come. Father, I thank you for the fruit of the hands and eyes and ears and feet of those who are listening to this today. Father, I thank you for the works of service that they've done. I thank you for the goodness that they brought into the world. I thank you for the smiles that have been released and the comfort that has been communicated and the blessing that has been imparted. And Father, I give thanks for them. And I pray that, Lord, you would cause them to be more fruitful. Father, release a blessing upon them. Release an abundance upon them, Lord. This week would be a week where breakthrough comes, where things that have got stuck are no longer stuck. That this week would be a week where reconnection happens again. And as reconnection happens, Lord, I pray, Lord, for relationships to be restored. Lord, I know in this broken world where we live, there are lots of broken relationships. Lord, would you reconnect people? Lord, would you reconnect them in their relationships? Father, would you restore things that are broken and be even stronger, better, and more glorifying unto you, we pray. Father, I pray for broken bodies, those that need healing. Father, if it's, if it's somebody who's, who's been holding back, Lord, because they don't know what to do or they're worried, Father, I pray that first you'd bring them peace and then, Lord, you'd either heal them or you'd, you'd help them to get an appointment so they know what they need to do. Father, I pray that all in your mighty name. I pray, pray for those who are, who are isolating at home at the moment, Lord, with COVID. Lord, we think of Lorraine. Father, I thank you that, Lord... She seems to have hardly any symptoms, Lord God. But she's isolating. And as as the enemy wants to isolate her, what that's just resulted in is her getting stuck into prayer. Thank you, Lord God, that greater fruitfulness came out of the strategy of the enemy to isolate and keep her quiet. And Father God, I pray that that would be our experience. Lord, that whenever stress or pressure comes, as we are thankful, we will break out of the limitations of our small-mindedness and see what God has enlarged for us to be and to do. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen.